This is Barry Zelma speaking for Claim School Incorporated's blog posting Zelma on insurance. Today we're going to talk about how the duty to defend, although extremely broad, is not unlimited, and why a judgment obtained by counsel appointed by an insurance company that eliminated all claims against the insured for defamation defeated coverage for a defense. Although the duty to defend is exceedingly broad, the obligation of an insurer to defend an insured is not unlimited. In University of Louisville versus Kentucky School Board's Insurance Trust, a uh, 2022 decision of the Court of Appeals of Kentucky, the University of Louisville appealed from the summary judgment in favor of the Kentucky School Board's Insurance Trust, KSBIT, regarding the duty to provide a defense and indemnification in a separate circuit court case pursuant to a policy of insurance. KSBIT is a domestic insurer that was created in 1978 to provide liability coverage to educational entities via a nonprofit self-insurance pool of funds. KSBIT issued a general liability insurance policy to the university, which was renewed for several years. The coverage B section of the policy addresses coverage for personal injury and advertising injury and agrees to pay damages because of that personal injury or advertising injury which to which the coverage part applied. In the definitional section of the policy, section 5, paren 10, close paren, defines personal injury as false arrest, detention or imprisonment, malicious prosecution, and defamation, among many other types of torts of personal injury. The underlying matter began with a suit for a declaratory judgment by KSBIT in January of 2021 related to the policy. In this action, KSBIT sought a declaration that it did not have any obligation under the insurance policy to further defend or indemnify the university as a result of his claims for personal injury or as a Kentucky whistleblower, filed by Dr. Cyril Helm in a case called Helm versus University of Louisville. Dr. Helm's dispute with the university began in 2009 after his colleagues had alleged he had committed plagiarism or other misconduct in his research. Dr. Helm went on to file several lawsuits against the university and his colleagues arising from the misconduct allegations and the university's investigation into whether he had engaged in misconduct, including the one noted above. In the lawsuit before the court, Dr. Helm alleged that he had suffered a personal injury and KSBIT provided a defense to the university subject to a reservation of rights. Dr. Helm pled a claim for damages, including substantial losses in earnings, 
job experience and benefits damage to his academic reputation and emotional and physical stress. He sought compensatory and punitive damages as well as costs and attorney's fees. The Jefferson Circuit Court ruled that Dr. Helm could not recover damages for mental anguish, pain and suffering, front pay, or from having to sell his house in a certain market. It also dismissed Dr. Helm's claim for punitive damages. The only remaining claims left were for back pay and attorney's fees. Because Dr. Helm's claims for back pay and attorney's fees did not arise from a personal injury, as defined in the policy KSBIT alleged, there was no longer any factual or legal basis under the policy requiring it to defend or indemnify the university in Dr. Helm's underlying suit. Therefore, KSBIT sought a declaration it did not have an obligation to further defend or indemnify the university for the claims Dr. Helm asserted in his underlying action. The circuit court entered an order granting summary judgment to KSBIT rejecting the university's arguments and holding that KSBIT was not required to provide a continuing defense to the university. The Court of Appeal, noting in its summary judgment, the circuit court rejected the university's argument that the back pay and attorney's fees grew out of, flowed from, or had an incidental relationship with Dr. Helm's claim damages. It agreed with KSBIT that Dr. Helm remaining alleged damages did not arise from the policy's definition of personal injury. The court therefore held that the, under the policy's definition of personal injury, KSBIT was not required to continue to provide a defense to the university against Dr. Helm's claims. The proper standard for the analysis of insurance contracts in Kentucky is the subjective one. Terms of insurance contracts that have no technical meaning in law and are to be interpreted according to the usage of the average man, and as they would be read and understood by him in light of the prevailing rule that uncertainties and ambiguities must be resolved in favor of the insured. In Kentucky, as in almost all jurisdictions, that an insurer has a duty to defend if there's an allegation which might come within the coverage terms of an insurance policy, it is owed. But this duty ends once the insurer establishes that the liability is in fact not covered by the policy. Once the circuit court ruled that Dr. Helm was not able to recover damages for mental anguish, pain and suffering, front pay, or having to sell his house, he was only able to recover damages for six months of back pay and attorney's fees. The court agreed with KSBIT that its duty as an insurer to provide coverage ended once the Jefferson Circuit Court ruled that Dr. Helm's damages were limited to back pay and attorney's fees. Attorney's fees are not compensatory damages because any award does not compensate the plaintiff for any wrong done by the defendant. Therefore, the circuit court did not err as a matter of law in concluding the KSBIT was not required to continue to provide coverage based upon the policy's definition of personal injury. Contrary to the allegations of the university, 
the circuit court properly concluded that an insurer has a duty to defend if there is an allegation which might come within the coverage terms of the insurance policy, but this duty ends once the insurer establishes that the liability is in fact not covered by the policy. The circuit court noted that KSBIT had provided a defense of Dr. Helms' action and won, meaning that there was no need to prosecute an appeal on the university's behalf. There was no continuing duty for KSBIT to provide coverage to the university in Dr. Helms' action. In my opinion, this case established that the broad duty to defend is not an unlimited duty. Before an insurer is obligated to defend an insurer, there must be an action for a tort that the insurer agreed to defend or indemnify the insurer. Chaos BIT defended the university successfully and properly in accordance with the terms and conditions of their policy and obtained a favorable judgment eliminating all charges of personal injury, leaving only contract damages for back pay. The win on behalf of the university eliminated any further obligation KSBIT had to indemnify and therefore any obligation to defend the university. The university did not appreciate the win and tried to get defense for the remaining allegations by trial and by appeal for injuries and claims not covered by its liability insurance policy or any liability policy. This video was adapted from my blog, Zalma on Insurance, which is available free at zalma.com blog. Please subscribe so you miss none of the blog postings or any, and subscribe to the videos on YouTube and rumble.com. And please tell your colleagues and friends about the availability of these blog postings. Thank you for your attention.